Hi everyone, Tiffany here with a super quick note that this podcast was recorded as part of a previous bundle season. That means that the dates that you're about to hear for the bundle, well, they're no longer correct. If you're interested in seeing what the dates are for this year's sale, please visit thebellydancebundle.com. There you'll find all the up-to-date information on our upcoming bundle. While the dates may be wrong and the class mentioned here isn't available through us any longer, many of our guests still have their courses available for purchase individually, so please do feel free to click through to their offerings and take a look. You're going to want to check it out after hearing how brilliant they are. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, 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 dancers. I'm Tiffany from Yala Rocks, and guess what? The bundle is alive. It went up just this morning, and there are already so many people jumping in. This is literally my favorite day of the year. It's like Christmas for belly dancers. You can get your copy at thebellydancebundle.com. Today, we have Maheen on the show, who is putting in a workshop called Shimmies Galore, And I know how you all love your shimmies. So let's dive in and find out what makes our shimmy so unique. Hello, dancers, and welcome to Yala Rocks, the belly dance podcast that helps you design your personal practice. Today, we're here with Maheen of the Belly Dance Quickies. Welcome back to another year on the podcast and your fourth year with the bundle. Yeah, you've been with me since the beginning. Yes, yes, it is. Thank you so much for having me. It's Bundles Always a Joy. So exciting to be involved with so many other amazing dancers. It's the lineup. Every year is amazing. And so it's like so great that that we're expanding and, and getting all these people involved and excited. I can't wait for people to jump into this year's bundle. <laughs> it's an awesome lineup this year for sure. <laughs> So your addition to the bundle this year is a workshop called Shimmies Galore, which is geared towards helping people find their own best personal shimmy is the way that you phrased it in the description, which I love. Yes. Can I assume there's great anatomical breakdown in here? I love it when you talk anatomy. <laughs> so give me, give me the details on this workshop and, and how nerdy we're going to get, but in such an applicable way. That's what I love about you. Nerdy, but applicable. <laughs> yeah. You, you know me too well. You know there's going to be anatomy involved if I'm talking about dance. <laughs> and yes, we are going to talk anatomy. Um, so uh, the Shimmy Scalore class is really about finding your individual shimmy because, you know, shimmies, shimmy are like fingerprints you know everyone has their own and I think that um, oftentimes uh, p- dancers tend to pigeonhole themselves into I have this shimmy I learned from this teacher and I have this shimmy that I saw and I learned it from another place and which one is right that's like the worst question in the world to ask right, right. which one is right <laughs> I mean if you look at you look at so many dancers like I mean you can even take just a small slice of dancers like say oh from a 30 year span of, you know, Egyptian stars and look at their shimmies. They're not all the same, you know? And then even within a single dancer, you won't, your shimmy that you need for one application is not the same shimmy that you want to express something else different with the music or the drum solo or whatever, right? I mean, they, so everyone 
everyone has their own variety of shimmies and every and each person's variety is different from the next person's variety it's like you have a variety that you can get from your own body and that's really what this class is about this class is is really like a kind of a first level dive on um on uh how you figure out what works for you with the shimmy and there's a lot of reasons for that and everyone has places in their body where they are either stronger, relatively speaking, than another part, or whether they tend to um, uh, have more tension in their body or less tension in their body and how they move. And there's some things that we can and want to adjust and change either because change, I'm going to say change because maybe they're hindering you from doing a good shimmy and adjust perhaps because it's not exactly the texture of shimmy that you want at a given time. So when you learn to like, kind of think of it like, let me see, think of it like a complicated piece of audio mixing equipment, right? I mean, you got to learn where all the dials and the levers are and <laughs> you learn what to dial up and turn down to get the effect you want, right? So that's what I, that's how kind of how I look at it. Because, you know, just in the case of um, looking at, say, um, the, the hamstrings and the quads, you know, two muscle groups, front, back of leg, both of them have actions, you know, with the knee and have actions with your hip. So in a case of a shimmy that involves knees either entirely or primarily, or at least contributing to the shimmy, which is most of them, um, your hamstrings and your quads act as an agonist and antagonist. They go, they act as a pair, push pull kind of a thing across your joint to make your knee go back and forth. And if you are someone who is tends to be stronger in your quads and your hamstrings, you're going to feel and experience your shimmy differently rather than if you are someone who is more strong and more connected to your hamstrings, you're going to feel and experience your shimmy a different way than somebody else does. So the same language that you use to talk to a student may not work as well for one person as another. So as a teacher, it's important to understand these differences. And as a student, you want to, you know, you want you to be able to talk to the student in a way that they can kind of turn your words into a feeling inside their body, right? Um, because like there's there's a couple ways of processing, uh, processing like learning movement, even outside of shimmies. And there some are more remote to you than others. Like, you know, you can you can look in the mirror at your teacher and you can see her shimmy and you're like, I'm trying to copy this shimmy that she's teaching me, right? And you're looking at another body and you're trying to copy something. And that can be useful. It can also be not useful sometimes. <laughs> I mean, there's some value there, but then you can also like look at your own body in the mirror, right? So you're moving it one step closer to you and your experience. And you're looking at yourself objectively in the mirror and saying, is this shimmy the thing that I'm trying to do? Is this the, with the look I'm trying to go for? And you're checking yourself externally, but then that can be, that can be useful too. Um, but then there's the case that we don't look in a mirror when we perform, you know, we got to learn what feels right. 
So right, you have to learn to identify right not by what it looks like, but what it feels like, right? So dancers have to start to tap into their own bodies and learn what feels like it's going on. Now, when you bring this back, I've just kind of diverged from the topic of shimmies, excuse me. It's really <laughs> a larger movement. However, but when you take this back to the, the shimmy, the shimmies, when you teach a, a teach a dancer to tap into like, what does it, you know, do I feel like I'm using my quads more or my hamstrings more, right? Like when you start to tap into those things, they start to learn their movement from the inside and they start to learn what it feels like so that they learn what this getting this look that I want means I have to feel like this. I have to feel like I'm driving from here to get this effect. And if I drive from a different place, I can see the effect that I'm going to get, right? But you can't do that unless you know what's going on inside. So that's that's part of what's going on with this class. And we explore that through a bunch of different ways about um, activating from different muscle groups and um, from weight placement and from and, and a whole bunch of other things. And we, we go through a lot of different factors that that can help you kind of fine tune these things. I have to admit, when you started with the metaphor of the complicated audio mixing equipment. I was like, where is Mahin going with this? But actually the more I think about it and the more you're speaking to it, I can, I can actually see exactly what you, like why you chose this, right? As, as the, the top of the head came out today, because I almost feel like when you're looking at your teacher, right? When you're still looking at it from the super external point of view, it's almost like it's a preset on the equipment, right? Like you're mm-hmm. trying, your pre, your teacher is the preset and then as you move it to you in the mirror, as you move it inward, it's you taking that preset and like adjusting it to fit you. And then you can move through all these different presets because you're right. Like if I look back at my own dance journey, I'm like, okay, I know how Nicole shimmied and I know how Helena shimmied and I know how Zara shimmied, you know? so like you take all these things and then they kind of merge into this personalized fingerprint, but you've got all the presets still stuck in your brain just from studying them. Yeah. And then the other thing is if you look at that mixer and you have no idea what all these sliders are, then you start messing with it. You don't, you can't, you can't. Yeah. Well, you, you can, you were like, well, I don't, you know, you don't even know where to begin. Right. So you mean, you kind of have to, you kind of have to learn like, what are the things I can tweak in my shimmy? Right. Like there's, and there's people are like, well, what, I just get up and I squeeze my glutes right back and forth, or I just get up and my knees go back and forth or my hips go up and down. Well, no, (laughs) I mean, there's a lot more going on there and there's a lot of other things. And, and some of the, some of the changes and the things that we can change, like with weight placement and, and activation and, and, and tension in the body, they are things that, that also give us the variety of our personal shimmies, right? Like they, they give us, they let, they let us change the knob creatively and on purpose rather than just, you know, first you got to kind of find your, you find your go-to, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. the first thing I think dancers need is they find, need to find their stable go-to. I can keep this up shimmy, like mm-hmm. their happy shimmy. The one that like they're the one that I like call the one that, that requires the least effort for them, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and I have to warn people in the shimmies galore class, we shimmy for an hour straight. Once we warm up, nice. the hips don't, the, the, we don't stop. It goes for a full hour. So we have to find our resting shimmy which is like your happy shimmy that you, you know, that you kind of settle into. So 
That's awesome. I'm I'm so excited to take this class. Every time <laughs> I talk to you and we start getting nerdy about anatomy and like how you can make all these things, I'm like, we have to jump in. Like I'm I can't wait. So what do you see the most with your students, with people you've taught? What is the the biggest trouble people have with shimmies? Like across the board, if you had to generalize. Um, I don't know that I could generalize across the board entirely, uh, but I think one of the most common things I can say is overuse of tension. And whenever we, you know, tension is a muscle activating, right? And when you, when a muscle activates and you don't fully release it, it just continues to hold a certain level of tension. And then when you think about how muscles work as, as in a cooperative pair, if you have, let's say, I'm going to take, for example, you know, again, as an example, quads and hamstrings, let's say that, you know, you are holding tension in your hamstrings. Every time your quad has to activate to do its part of the of, of the flexion and extension of the knee, even the small degree that we do in a shimmy, right? Um, every time that quad has to activate, it doesn't just have to do its job. It also has to pull against a hamstring that's, that's working against it, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, if, if you aren't, if you're carrying too much stored tension in a part of your body, or even in a part that's adjacent, let's say, um, you know, with your with a shimmy, you know, you can go up or down from that pair of muscles and you can talk about in your glutes or in a low part of your abdomen or in your calves. If you've got a um, tension, excuse me, tension that's adjacent to that area, that's also gonna be something that you're gonna have to exert against to get the same amount of movement. And this, this is when, you know, things get to feel unsustainable. And that's when you, you're like, you tire out or you're just like, you hit a hitch. You know, that famous, like when you're learning to shimmy and you're like, okay, knees, go, 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 stop. Hey, I didn't say stop knees. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> like car you're going to start over. Yes, exactly. It is. It's like, it's like what happened? That was not intentional. <laughs> right. I mean, you have to work past that. And then there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of like, other like neuroscience kind of things behind behind that um, that uh, I don't recall if we talked about that in in the shimmies galore class or not but I definitely do have a, a whole blog post about what happens in that on a biological level <laughs> so we're going to be linking can, that in the show yeah notes I can share that with you because that it really kind of gets into into like uh, the biological processes of, of learning a shimmy or any movement really, but I, I applied it specifically to shimmies when I wrote it. Um, and it's very complimentary to the, to the, the shimmy schooler class. Mm -hmm. If for no other reason, it's encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> you still got to put in the work though. <laughs> it's you know, it's not mean, a quick fix. It's <laughs> it always comes back to putting the work in, right? Always, so, always, always. I, I like that you bring up tension too, because it goes back to what you were saying about finding your resting shimmy, right? Like, because you can't be in a restful, like shimmy state if you're holding all of this tension the whole time. And it also mm -hmm. like, and it comes through in your dancing too, right? If you're holding the tension the whole time, you're not getting those loose, right? If you're looking for a looser hip movement, mm -hmm. you're not going to get it if you're sitting on all this tension the whole time. 
Right. But if you know, if you're like at the climax of a drum solo and you want that super tense, super tight shimmy, I mean, you know how to get it. But when it comes down to something like a, you know, a beautiful, you know, tarab piece or something that has really soft and you've got this luxuriously, you know, sounding uh, canoon going, I mean, you probably maybe you want something just much more open and languid but still gives you that shimmy feeling right i mean so that's where the variety comes in so that the variety allows you to have more vocabulary in your shimmy you know rather than just i shimmy or i don't shimmy so and it's the contrast that makes it interesting too right like you don't want to mm -hmm. shimmy the same way through an entire drum solo you no you would be bored everybody else would be bored right it's like it's not a you, you have to have the contrast of the tension with the loose, with the this kind of shimmy and that kind of shimmy to kind of give it that well-rounded approach. So I love like having this base shimmy, right? That you can then branch out of. Mm -hmm. And see, the thing is not everyone's, not everyone's, you know, kind of tension effect shimmy. Like, you know, if you want that tense, like really vibratory, high, high strung kind of shimmy, not everybody's is going to be executed the exact same way on their body or, or and and they won't feel it the same way on their body you know and so by taking people through a series of of ways to explore how they shimmy and ways to check themselves and check in with different facets all those levers and dials you know when that helps them to find what works there's like eh, that doesn't work for me eh, that doesn't work for me bing this works for me it's like hey you found something hold on to it and it's perfect for you but it may not be perfect for somebody else right you know <laughs> so a teacher can tell you yeah a teacher can tell you and most teachers will teach you how to shimmy and they'll teach you what worked for them they'll teach you the thing that 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 is their happy shimmy their their tense shimmy their relaxed loose shimmy but i feel that it's worthy to um, give people the opportunity to find their personal adaptations that let them work with the body they have so i think it comes back to this idea of like not being a cookie cutter dancer and not copying other people's styles like right like going through the work and the time to find your own style and your own way of moving and that's oh, not 100 percent. i could not agree with that more <laughs> right it's not something that we're necessarily taught because we're taught to copy our teachers you know and at first that's how we have to do it but but like yes we're not necessarily walked into the next phase of that. And I think that this, what you're talking about and like finding your shimmy, I think it does that. It starts to break the, it builds the bridge, right? Between like yeah. the things you've learned and okay, now you're working on how do you dance and how do you express yourself and how do you move your body? Right, I mean, there, um... A couple, many years ago, I think now, um, Todd Henry did an excellent podcast on the artistic development. And it, it's true no matter what you do. I mean, you come in, you explore something. And as you're learning, you do a lot of copying, right? And you, uh, when you, you copy and copy and copy until you kind of get the urge and the need to do your own thing. And then you diverge. You diverge from the thing you learned. You start to create your own things. And then you 
go on and on with that. And then at some point, if you're, you know, if your career is long enough, you find you need to, in our, you know, you want to make a change again, right? You know, some people, people maybe change some, some of their style, they change some of the things they do, right? Whether you're a writer, a musician, a dancer, whatever, something about your artistic perspective changes, and then you have to explore again. And then you perhaps copy something else someone else did while you're in a learning process. And the cycle goes over and over and over, and you keep reinventing yourself and rediscovering what you do you know and I think that that movement wise that happens really clearly with dancers you come in you learn your teacher's choreography you learn your teacher's technique and as you expand who you learn from and as you start to internalize and process all these things you can start to synthesize right you can start to synthesize and you can start to interpret on your own with a little more confidence and then your own style develops and hopefully for every dancer that happens because there's nothing worse than looking at a dancer on the stage and going, okay, 100%, that looks like dancer X, obviously this, you know, <laughs> she's mm -hmm. never explored anything beyond her own thing just yet. Right. So, I mean, and I, I don't like to see that. I like to see people go up on stage and be themselves and not be a copy of somebody else. Yeah. I love the idea of synth like synthesizing all of the people mm -hmm. that you've learned from. And um, I actually watched a short interview once with Michael Buble, who he explained this so well, because he was talking about how here's how Frank Sinatra sings and here's how Elvis sings and here's how, you know, this person sings and this person sings. And when you take from one person, it's copying, but when you take from everyone and mix it together, it's art, right? Like you create yeah. your own thing. And we do that so, so much in the dance world, learning from all these different teachers and, and learning the same thing from multiple people, because everyone, like you said, they teach it the way they learned it, or they teach it differently than someone else has. And so you get to get this range of exploration so that you can synthesize all of that, mm -hmm. run it through, run it through the complicated audio equipment, right? Move the dials around and then come out with something that is uniquely you. Right. Right. So, and that's, and that, that you're right. That's what it is. It's, it, that's not copying. That's art. I mean, and it's your art. So, and your art has to come out of your body and your body is already built a certain way, has a history, has injuries that it has to work around. It has, you know, it has a unique structure, all of these things. So, you know, you got to learn to, you got to learn to play your own instrument well. So. Yes. Your body is an instrument. I've heard you rec like reference it as that before. And it's <laughs> such an excellent, you're just so good at metaphors and similes, <laughs> Maheen. <laughs> you should hear some of the crazy images I give in classes. <laughs> <laughs> There's some doozies in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's so excellent. Maheen, this has been an excellent conversation about finding your own style, about shimmies, about all of this. What is one tip that you would leave dancers with who are listening to this? They're like, okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to start working on my shimmy a little bit more, maybe paying more attention to it rather than something that just kind of exists, right? Once you get to a certain oh. point, your shimmy like exists. So what would you have people try at home? What would you have them work on? Um, I think the one thing I would say is, is to put on music that makes you want to shimmy, start your shimmy, close your eyes and observe and try to feel where it's coming from. You know, try and feel where it's coming. Where do you feel like you work more? Where do you feel like you work less? What happens if you shift your weight around on your feet? Does it change how your muscles are working? So I would just say just to take some time and really just explore um, what your current personal shimmy is and just kind of get familiar from the inside with your body and your shimmy. Awesome. 
I know uh, that's what I'm going to be doing when we're done recording this podcast. <laughs> um, Maheen, tell people where can they find you on the internet? Where can they study with you? Where can they learn more of your brilliant anatomy brain? Where, where can people find you online? Oh, uh, people can find me uh, at my website, uh, bellydancequickies.com. There are lots and lots of blog posts, many of them anatomy related for obvious reasons, because that's where my degree is. And that's where my, <laughs> a lot of my teaching inspiration comes from. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Maheen Belly Dance. And uh, I'm on Twitter as Maheen Belly Dance. And of course, I'm on Facebook. So, you know, I, I, I'm all over the, the usual interweb sites <laughs> and then hangouts and, uh, and I'm pretty responsive to messages if anyone wants to ask a question or say hello. Perfect. And we have one last question for you. Sure. And that, that is, where is the strangest place that you have ever danced? And practice counts. Oh, um, wow. That's a very odd. <sighs> There's been some strange places. Um, Hmm. Sometimes I catch people totally off guard with this one and other times they're like, oh, I got you. <laughs> oh, I mean, I've, I've had more strange situations than, than strange I'll, I'll actual take, places. I'll take a strange situation. Oh, okay. So, I mean, as a venue, it was not strange because it was a house party, but this was a, uh, you know, I know the strangest place I had to dance was a funeral. I performed at a funeral. Really? Mm-hmm. She, the woman who had passed away, uh, um, she was, you know, she had passed away at 90 some years old and she had been a professional dancer. And so her, her, uh, grand, her son and her grandson wanted a dancer at the funeral. So I danced at a funeral. That was, but that's a really great way to honor somebody who, who did that in their lifetime. That's cool. Yeah, I know. I, I felt like it was very strange, but in context, it made sense and it made, and most importantly, it made sense to everyone who was at the at the event yeah because that's what it would really have felt awkward is if the people who were there felt like I shouldn't be there but it <laughs> didn't happen that way at all but it was definitely an, an odd one and I've never done another one since <laughs> definitely strange for you to walk in yes to it. even if it was if everybody else understood you were still like ah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm used to like being happy and getting the crowd happy. And that did not feel at all appropriate. Right. I mean, I had to keep the mood somber and, um, and kind of just go with a very different vibe. So yeah, that was definitely my strangest gig. That's super interesting. Maheen, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for being part of the bundle all of these years and being with me from the beginning. And I actually, oh, my pleasure. I want to thank you too, like on recording that you actually like changed the course of my entire life with one of your daily belly dance quickies back in like oh my goodness which one <laughs> uh it was it was a year in review one that you did you pointed to uh chris Gillivo. oh yes yep. and uh, i yep. it's a treasure i went over there and i started reading you know about all the stuff that he does over on his site and i was just turned on to this whole lifestyle of location independence and traveling and travel hacking and like all these things that you know, when I never had thought to question the nine to five or anything. Yeah. And Chris so Gillibeau like, and Todd Henry, two of my very favorite people as thought, thought leaders. So, yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> you changed the course of literally my entire life with oh that. My goodness. Well, thank you for letting me know that. <laughs> so thank you so much for, uh, everything literally. <laughs> and 
I'm so excited to have you back for another year. Thank you so much. I'm really excited for the bundle again this year. Thanks for having me on. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Maheen has a way with descriptions that just lights things up, at least for me. Every time we talk, I come away with a new visual to go along with this dance, and I absolutely love it. I can't wait to take this class from Maheen. That signature mix of anatomy and technique and style coming together, for me personally, it's how I love to learn. Don't know if it's your style? Well, I invite you to come get the bundle this year and find out. Maheen's class plus so many others are all included and you'll have more than enough opportunity to explore what kinds of teaching styles you prefer, what sorts of classes work best for your learning language, and of course, you'll be able to dance and study to your heart's content. But the sale only lasts for one week and then it's gone forever. We'll be back with other projects hint, hint, and another bundle in 2021, but these classes won't be a part of it. Each year, the bundle is 100% different. So if you're liking what you're seeing over at thebellydancebundle.com, now's the time. You can find the show notes for this episode at thebellydancebundle.com 52. Now, let's go practice some shimmies. It's time to shake off all this energy from 2020.